impeccable musical taste, holy moly alum, 40-something Midwestern male, all-around great guy. No, this isn't a podcast about one of your lovely hosts of this podcast, but just stay tuned for our next guest on the podcast. Hey there, I'm Tom, and I go by Mr. T due to being a child of the 80s, a fan of short sleeve shirts, and a consumer of leaves steeped in hot water as a caffeinated beverage, all in addition to being a huge mini golf fan. I'm half of a couple of putts with my wife, Robin, and you can find all of our mini golf designs, reviews, and more from myself and the pink putter at a couple of putts.com and on social media at Couple Putts. And I'm Pat, co-founder of the mini golf website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Penguin. This summer marks 21 years of reviewing miniature golf courses and nearly 20 years of being in the competitive mini golf arena. You can find all of our reviews at puttingpenguin.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. While you're out there on the socials, don't forget to also follow us at Podcast Mini and subscribe and like us on all of your favorite podcasting channels. One final shout out is to the players from Team USA playing in the World Adventure Golf Masters this weekend as we're recording over in Finland. In 2019, I was lucky enough to be a member of that elite group and would love to get back there again. But for now, I'll be rooting on our fellow Americans as they go for gold in a variety of categories. And hopefully in one of our upcoming episodes, we'll be able to report positively on that. As you may or may not know, this is the official podcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, the AMA. Our crew of Mostly Holy Moly alums is a group of mini golf enthusiasts organizing to bring together people passionate about the game. And in fact, we have a number of members, in fact, all of the members of Team USA are AMA members. So there must be something in the water. You also can become a member of the AMA for free at amaminigolf.com, and we'll send you a membership card in the mail. What a deal. I love this country. I mean, I did say I was a child of the 80s, so why not a Yakov (laughs) Shmirnov joke? But before we get to our fantastic interview, we're going to run through some quick international competitive mini golf news. We want to wish a congrats to Adam Kelly of the Kent Mini Golf Club for his victory in the 2022 World Crazy Golf Championship at Hastings Adventure Golf. He had a minus 35 over seven rounds. He narrowly defeated the second place, Mark Chapman, who had previously won the World Crazy Golf Championship three times in a row. Ed Pope took third. Wildly, friend of the pod, and the only American in the competition, and probably the only person that hadn't played that course previously, Frank Bassesi tied for fourth place. Even if he had played it previously, maybe once or twice, your first time playing in a big UK competitive mini golf tournament like that with a lot of history coming in fourth place is no joke. Congrats to all that played in that tournament. I think I saw that there was 160 people between novices, which is their version of amateurs, and the pros. So way to go. I think both of us had a lot of FOMO and somewhere down the road, Got to go to Hastings. We're going to get there. Frank also on Team USA, so maybe he can parlay that fourth place into something amazing at Wagam coming up. I think Tom and I have been talking. He's he's on track to win something big at some point. Yeah. And 
And uh, and Mark, fellow podcasting co-host of the Mini Golf Podcast, we want to shout that out. I know they haven't had an episode in a little while, so looking forward to hearing him back on the airwaves. I think he also recently had a child, so amazing things happening for our friends over across the pond there. Well, I was just going to say, speaking of UK podcasts, you should tune in to 54 Problems. Simon Brown and Andrew did a really great pre-World Crazy Championship episode and did a little bit of a background on their competitive mini golf history. And tomorrow on a drive, I am definitely going to be listening to their podcast live from Wagam. They're down there in Finland and reporting back. So tune into them. They're really getting deep into the other side of the pond in competitive mini golf and we'll be tuning in. And you can putt when ready. So in this episode, we're very happy to welcome, I guess, technically back a special guest, Mick Cullen, who was a episode winner from season one of Holy Moly, where actually Tom and I met him. And if you've been following along on our podcast slash season two live experience, we're going to need a bigger windmill. We actually talked with Mick and his mom, Diane, who was the one who beat me on my episode. And then we went through their experiences, our experiences, spent an awful long time for a live show on Facebook. But tonight we're going to focus on a couple different things that Mick does in his mini golf life. And before we get into that, I want to welcome Mick to the show. So, hey, and how you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm doing really well. It's uh, it's good to be here, and it's good to be in like real mini golf season finally, where where all the courses are open and uh, they're open seven days a week for full hours. And uh, as a as someone who doesn't have to go into the office during the summer, I'm pretty happy about that. That is pretty nice. And we're I don't want to say COVID's behind us because it's definitely not behind us. But the world has reopened, and as we're recording. We're back to international championships as well. The World Adventure Golf Masters is going on. So the world of competitive mini golf and leisurely mini golf is certainly open. And I think we'd be remiss uh, not to have Mick mention where he's from, us being other Northerners. And that's why we're talking about this. If you live in Florida, you're like, yeah, I can play mini golf every day. <laughs> True. Not True. us in the Northeast, Midwest, and the Northern part. So Mick, tell us just... A quick little bit about where you're from and who you are. Sure. I live in Antioch, Illinois, which is literally two miles from the Wisconsin border in Northeast Illinois and just a few miles from Lake Michigan. So we're right in the corner of Illinois. And uh, I grew up here in Lake County, Illinois, uh, just north of Cook County, which is where Chicago is. Uh, And I've lived here most of my life. So uh, full time, I'm a professor of social work at a community college here in the county that I grew up in. Awesome. And uh Lake County, if I'm correct, is the county with the most holy moly winners in the entire United States with not <laughs> only you, but your mom, Diane, and Steve Kristoff, who I think his name might come up a little bit later. But Yeah, all three of us were living in Lake County at the time that we were on holy moly, so we thought it was strange enough that there were three contestants from the same county, let alone three people who ended up winning, so... Uh, mom has relocated to Washington since then, but uh, I still say that uh, Lake County is like the, the the epicenter of holy moly success in the U.S. And what it's also is the epicenter of the MC Mini Masters, the MC, obviously standing for the name of our guest, Mick Cullen, 
Why don't you just kick us off and tell us a little history about this tournament and why we're bringing you on? Sure. So um, I grew up playing mini golf, uh, not not competitively, but just playing it for fun because it was a there were many mini golf courses around in our area, uh, especially for a non-tourist area. We had lots of options and that was something cheap we could do as a family. So we did that a lot. Um, you know, there were classic windmill courses and the castle golf courses and the, the Harris courses where you, you had your various options. But um, in 97, I was in, I was in college. I was working a summer job with my girlfriend whose initials were also MC at the time. <laughs> and uh, we said, you know, let's, just get a bunch of people together to play as much mini golf, as many different courses as we can in one day. And what should we call it? And we, we're, we're like, we can't call it the US Open. But then we're like, why don't we just call it the mini masters? That makes sense. And we'll call it the MC mini masters for our initials. And so we invited 12, uh, sorry, 11 other friends and family. So there were 13 of us total to play that first year. And we, we mapped out six courses that we thought we could reasonably do from Southeast Wisconsin down into Lake County. And uh, with only 13 people, six rounds, we were, you know, we played six, the, the six different courses, we were done by like five o'clock. Um, but we were still kind of exhausted, like mentally at the end of that day. And some of the friends were like, I think you should do this again next year. And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe <laughs> we'll see. And the next year there were only 11 of us. And I'm like, okay, I think maybe this has died out. But again, people kind of pushed me and then we had 26 year after that, in 2001, the Chicago Tribune sent a columnist to play in our tournament and write about it. And so from that point forward, um, it just became assumed that I was going to continue to do this <laughs> every year. And uh, being a guy who really loves statistics, this gives me lots of raw data to play with. So that's kind of like the other benefit of it for me. Um, but now this year, we've, we've been doing it every year, except for uh, 2020, when we took a break for COVID. This will be the 25th Mini Masters this year. And that's just incredible. I mean, if you think about competitive mini golf in the U.S., this is probably one of the longest standing tournaments. Even the well, the it's Masters in, because the Masters started like the regular Masters started the same year. Yeah, yeah. The Masters in Myrtle Beach started 25 years ago and celebrated their anniversary this year, and they didn't unfortunately take a break for COVID. So you started before them. That means we did. Which is, yeah, which is pretty wild. Now, obviously, there's been putt putt tournaments before then. I played in the MC Mini Masters last year, and I'm in a Facebook group where Mick has shared a <laughs> tremendous amount of stats, like a post a day worth of stats with all sorts of numbers that's been wildly impressive. And I know that you have the stats well documented, but can you share some basic stats off the top of your head of the number of courses and the number of competitors in 25 years? Yeah. So, uh, we didn't imagine that we would do anything other than the courses we started with when we started, right? But you all know the reality of the mini golf world. Courses come and go, um, and uh, the tastes come and go. You know, people want like they're they're all in one like entertainment center kind of options now. Uh, but so from the six original courses, we have since added eleven others, and we're adding another one this year, which will be making their first appearance. So there there have been eighteen different courses as of this year used at least once in a mini masters event. Uh, and there have been 194 different people who have completed at least one full 108 hole mini masters event. Um, most of whom come back more than once. Um, I think about 60 people did it one and done, uh, but many people have come back at least a few times. And there's about, I'd say 
15 to 20 of us who have done it at least 10 times. That's amazing. <laughs> and having played in it, I think the thing that I've said, I think on this podcast and other places many a times is what I love most about it. It's not the trophies for winning each course or overall winner, but there's actually a trophy every year for the person who has the most sixes and the way you articulated it, Mick, I just wanted you to kind of talk about that award because I thought it was such a great way to encourage people to play the game competitively and even if they're not playing well. Sure. So I, I think that's one of my favorite things about the event is that the people who are devoted to coming all the time are not all great players, right? They're, they're people who just really enjoy playing in the atmosphere that we've been able to, to engender and facilitate over the years. So we do give an award every year for the most sixes, the most overall sixes. And I have to tell you, I was completely unprepared when I started hosting the Mini Masters for how, how little miniature golf some people had played <laughs> in their life, <laughs> because I didn't think I ever anticipated that there would be somebody who would finish a Mini Masters 100 over par or more, and yet it's happened. Um, and it, two people out of 13 that first year finished a hundred over par or worse. Um, and so the person who, who won the most sixes trophy that year, my friend, Lisa, who's now our official scorekeeper, um, she had 24 sixes in 108 holes. Wow. Um, yeah. And that still stands as the record for most in one day. One person has equaled it, but nobody has beaten it. Um, so we usually make, I used to make a handmade trophy for that. Now we give a birdhouse that everyone has signed in the field. Everybody that plays signs a birdhouse when we hand it over. Um, but yeah, when I, when I hand it out, cause sometimes it's a kid that wins it, right? Sometimes it's, it's an, a nine-year-old and I don't want anybody to feel like we're making fun of them because we're not, we're saying, Hey, you persevered through all of this. And actually you got the most putts for your, for your money. Like <laughs> you got the most miniature golf that anybody got out of this day. So maybe we're the ones who are foolish and and almost always the person who gets that uh, most sixes award has a big smile on their face and everybody cheers for them just as much as they cheer for any other trophy winner. Well, it's, it's funny because Robin and I, when we talk about our, con you know, our theories behind what makes a good mini golf hole and just what makes a great course, we talk about following the path of the ball and the experience of the ball and that you get to have that experience of really moving in and out of things, parking being one of those courses that's just perfect for it. If you think about the person who got the most sixes, they really got to have an adventure with the ball. The ball <laughs> went probably out of bounds and got to try out, you know, see what the bushes are like. They got to go in some water. They might hit the front side of a castle. A lot of other people, they didn't get the, their ball didn't get that experience. It's like, oh, you just, you know, went quickly through a drawbridge. You didn't get to really see what's inside the castle. And went in the hole and that was all you got. And then you got a six, you might've uh, got to see a lot of that castle, which I, which I really appreciate. That was, that was the thing that really stood out to me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to Pat because I have some other questions related to that, but I, I'm not going to take up all the oxygen in the room. Pat. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess we talk 18 different courses and some of it has to do with, you know, different tastes and style. Now from, the tournament selection, is it you? Is it a committee of people who go through it? Uh, give us give us a little bit of the background on how you choose your courses for the year. So uh, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of logistics that go into it, right? Like you need, you need a, a reasonable geographical progression so that we're not 
commuting too much because that's the biggest snafu possible in the day is people getting lost, people not getting to the next course, and we're waiting for them. And you know, one person it drags the whole thing down. So um, we have to figure out courses that are reasonably distance from each other and in a good uh, order. Um, but beyond that, there's lots of possibilities. Like I said, there's a lot of miniature golf courses around here. Um, so I usually, um, I try to stick as much as I can to the courses we used the previous year. If there's a course that needs to be replaced, then I start looking for options and, and figuring out different maps. And so I'll usually take a couple of trusted uh, fellow enthusiasts with me, people who've played in the tournament before, and we'll go out and we're evaluating the course not just for for you know condition and price and and location but also just general fun of, of course like courses i want courses to be challenging but i also want them to be courses where aces are possible and where you have some holes at least where you've got a reliable line for a good chance at an ace and sometimes adventure courses don't really offer that um they're they're just too tough um and while they're fun for the for the really like high level players they're not fun for the people who are just there recreationally. Um, so I, I make the final decisions on everything, but I try to consult with other players and bring them along and get their thoughts because because um, I think that's important. It's because I'm not, I don't think I'm the prototypical player. I, I, I'm somebody who really loves the beauty of miniature golf, but also really gets competitive about it. And I want it to be fun for the people who, who have no chance of winning, uh, that it's still going to be a fun experience for them. You don't have to name names, but have you ever had a course where you're like, oh, I think this is a good course and you showed up and you were like, nope, peace out. We're not playing this one. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's a course and I won't name it, but there's a course in our area that every time I have to pick a new course, one of my friends trying to be helpful will, you know, do a, a Google map of trying to find a different course. And they're like, have you used this one? I'm like, yes, I have. I've been to that one. Like all of the bricks surrounding every hole are literally loose. Like there's nothing holding them in place. And that's not going to be a usable course because those bricks are going to get moved. It's not going to be the same hole for everybody. And um, so, and sometimes that those courses like that will be eight or $9. I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> we're not making everybody go here. Or there's another course nearby where some of the holes are super easy and some of the holes are virtually impossible on the same course. Like there's almost no way not to get a six, you know, it'll be like a, a, a putt up a hill to a tunnel that is like the width of one and a half golf balls. And if you don't get it in, it's coming all the way back every time. And it's like a 20 foot ramp. Well, nobody gets that. Like it, almost nobody is going to do it. So that one hole like that on a course can eliminate, you know, the feasibility of using that course. And it's funny because last year I didn't think I'd be able to play in the MC mini masters. So I met up with Mick and his son and Diane to play a few rounds. And I was around that area in general. And it was funny. I played most of last year's master's courses in advance and then ended up playing them in the tournament. But the funny thing was, is I probably played another or visited another five or six courses within a short proximity. I mean, the volume when you are expecting to drive probably an hour between the first and the last course between Kenosha, Wisconsin this year and Park King, you know, there's there's a lot there. It's a massive population of people. You have six flags between mm -hmm. and in and around there. So there are some places, but... It's it's wild the amount of options they have, especially when you're have people that are willing to sign up for a really long day. One of the things that I'd love to hear what the genesis of this idea was for each round on each course. 
there's some unusual implement or way you have to play a hole. Where did that come from? Yeah, so we called that the wacky hole on each course. And we didn't have that the first year of the tournament. And I was a little worried the second year, even though I'm competitive, I was a little worried that people would get too competitive about the tournament. And I really wanted to, I wanted to um, memorialize the fun of it, right? I wanted to make sure that that, main, that, that was maintained as we're not going to take this too seriously. Uh, how can I make sure people don't take this too seriously? And so on every hole or on every course, we designate one hole. Usually I try to pick the hole that is otherwise least interesting, least difficult about the course. And we jazz it up by saying, okay, you've got to play this hole with hockey sticks. You know, I make sure I have a lefty and a righty hockey stick out there and we play it. Or every putt on this hole has to be made between your legs backwards. Um, those are two of the classic ones we use, uh, we have used before. Uh, and people, you know, pe people, sometimes they'll be having a great round and they get to that hole and they're like, oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> and then they end up with a four because they were having to use a driver on that hole instead of a putter. Um, but mostly people just, uh, love it. And when they get a hole in one on a hole like that, that's a great celebration. Um, you know, because this is not supposed to happen. So that's how it started. Uh, and I used to give out awards actually specifically for just aces on those holes. Um, but people got good at some of them and I couldn't, I couldn't do that anymore. So, um, it's, uh, it's definitely something people look forward to they give me ideas throughout the year like maybe you should think about this for a wacky hole next year so i i try to do one new thing each year mm -hmm. but there are some that that the people who play in the tournament every year want to see like the hockey stick has to be somewhere in the tournament people are going to be upset if it's not i gotta say i was really thrilled at how close i came with these categories dice like the what is that, <laughs> 29 sided dice <laughs> I was so close. It's like, oh, come on. Like that would have felt more satisfying on that hole. That was, it was fine. I think it was like the first or the 18th at Harry Semro. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like that. I, I included in my uh, video review that we have up on a couple of putts, Aaron putting with the hockey stick on this really steep hole where he got really unlucky. It just took too much speed and it yeah. wasn't anything to blame for him and it just went flying out of bounds. So I thought, uh, I was glad to include that in our review. Uh, but yeah, I think that's just such a brilliant idea. And I think, I think there is something to be said about dialing back the competition a little bit based, whether it's like playing on fun or wacky courses, like at tea time and the Jersey shore or doing what you did. I think that's, I think that's more enjoyable to, the general public and can be kind of a gateway into getting them into maybe playing a little bit more competitively where there's tons of opportunities all around. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mentioned about people who are having a good round might grit their teeth a little bit when they get to the wacky hole, but people who are having a rough round when they get to the wacky hole, they're going to end up smiling, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it, it, it equalizes things for everybody, at least for a little bit. And um, again, I, I, I think the thing that, Keeps people coming back to the mini masters uh, a couple guys who learned about it online who i'd never met and then they came and started bringing their friends they were from uh minnesota as well uh they said what we did like is that we get a chance to be a 12 year old for a day right and the, the wacky holes really kind of add to that i think and what we're really excited about this year as many of you know that pat and i and a number of other mini golf fanatics from around the country recently formed the american mini golf alliance and part of our whole concept with it was taking already existing well-run tournaments 
and compiling all of that data for a larger national ranking. And when we were thinking about it, I have to be honest, the MC Mini Masters was one of the first ones that came to mind, just for the spirit and everything of it. And fortunately, Mick was willing to open up to it because it is a very sort of semi-private group of friends, extended semi-invite only tournament, but it's a little bit more open to the public this year. Can you just share some of the details, like registration by the time this goes up is passed. Can you share some of the details about the MC Mini Masters this year? Yeah, so it's it's always on the last uh, Saturday in June, which this year very uh, serendipitously happens to be the 25th for the 25th anniversary. Um, and uh, we start pretty early in the morning. This year we'll, we'll be having a players meeting at 745 um, and going to start play at eight. Uh, and then it really goes the whole day. Like we finish in the dark <laughs> at parking. So you can see the pink castle light up and, and all that, which is nice. Um, I, I, we don't give out cash awards. Um, I, I, I keep it as um, economical for everybody as possible. I use the money to cover the cost of the website and the, and the trophies themselves, but it's just 60 bucks for everybody to play six rounds for the day and they get free drinks all day with, with that. Um, so uh, the courses around here have been really nice in, in giving us good rates and, and they love to see us coming back. Um, but that's that's what we're looking at this year. It's the 25th, uh, probably 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. ish and 108 holes. And you can go to amaminigolf.com. If you look under our events, it has the listing of all the courses, if I'm correct in my memory. It's <laughs> two rounds at Action Territory in Kenosha. It's one round at Kristoff's in Round Lake Beach. And we'd mentioned Kristoff's earlier. It's season one of Holy Moly episode winner Stephen Kristoff grew up on that course. So that'll be the second place the tournament's happening at in third round. Fourth round will be at the Skokie Sports Park, which I'm going to be getting a review up on a couple of putts this week, finishing editing uh, <laughs> some choice uh, photos and videos, including Mick acing the hippo hole. I'm excited to get that up. And then we will finish with two rounds on the red and black courses at the best mini golf course in the entire world, parking. Robin and I were interviewed on something else today, and they asked, it was a Minnesota interviewer, and they're like, what's the best course? It's parking. That's <laughs> it. There's, it, it does, it, there's nothing like it. It is the best maintained course in the country. There's so much love and care, and it's so much fun. Yeah, it's the uh, we would not want to end anywhere else. It's the perfect place to end a day like that. Uh, you've got the concourse that people can sit on and 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 cool off and and socialize, uh, and they can look out over the course too. Uh, but then you've got the area to give out the trophies, and and they've always been fantastic to us. Um, so we're really fortunate uh, to to be able to finish there. Um, and uh, I should mention if it, people want to see any of the extensive stats and ridiculous information that we have, it's all cataloged online. Uh, at mcminimasters.net. Great. I think we link out to that from the AMA website too. If you and we'll make sure can't find that in the description of this podcast as well. And if yeah. you're listening to the podcast and you are idea. playing in the Mini Masters, and I guess even if you aren't playing in the Mini Masters, you should sign up to be an AMA member, which is free for 2020. Because although yes. there may be not 
cash prizes for this particular tournament, we are giving away, well, not giving away, I guess awarding is probably the better term, points for where you finish in this particular tournament, which will go towards the overall AMA yes. national rankings. And I know we're overdue at some point. We will talk about what some of the stuff is on the table for potentially winning at the end of the the year there and some future episodes, but there will be some stuff that comes out of the AMA if you're on the top of the table there. So potential benefit for, for those of you who are playing, even if there's no direct cash monies coming your way, if you do really well this coming, well, yeah, I guess not this coming Saturday, next Saturday. <laughs> Depending on when you're listening to this. Depending From when, when we're recording, we always think the time is always weird. With, I don't know how people do this professionally. June 25th, 2022 <laughs> in the Midwest. Pat, do you want to ask about the other kind of minor thing that you know it might have just might have been up to because there wasn't really any internet coverage <laughs> of it at all and no certainly no stats came out of it but in in case you are you know not familiar with all the other things mick does that we've talked about with tournaments at holy moly he is also i guess on your way i would guess because they still have to finalize the certification of being a guinness world record holder for mini golf so mick Give us the background. What did you do? Yeah. So uh, I know when I was on Holy Moly, they called me a world record holder, but I wasn't a Guinness record holder. I was, I, I had a record adjudicated through a different organization. This time around, I really wanted to go through the Guinness process. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a uh, competitive putt-putt golfer. There aren't putt-putt courses nearby that I can really use uh, and play on a lot. Uh, but I knew that um, if I was going to attempt this 24-hour mini golf world record uh, that I was going to have to play on a course like a putt-putt course. Uh, you can't play that on an adventure golf course. It's never going to work. Um, you can't, you don't want to do something where you've got lots of stairs to climb or anything like that. It's just, mm -hmm. you, you want it to be as simple as possible. So um, when I decided I was going to try to go through the Guinness process, it, last summer I put in my application and I didn't get it approved until February um, where they said, yep, we're going to approve you doing an official attempt. And they're like, you need a place to do it. And so I had contacted a couple of different putt-putt courses. Some were not interested at all, but one in Fort Wayne, Indiana was enthusiastic right from the beginning. They're about a four hour drive from where I am. So that was a reasonable uh, distance for me to go and at least check out the course and, and, and see if it was really gonna work. Uh, luckily, I, I mean, I picked them because they have three different courses. And I was like, you can shut down just one course for me and still stay open to the public you know, on the other two courses and you won't really lose any business and maybe Maybe I can draw some attention too. Um, so they're like, "Yep, yeah, which course do you want?" We, uh, you know, we're we imagine you want to do the easiest one. I said, "Of course, <laughs> I want to do the, the <laughs> easiest course." So they had the classic putt putt course, and you know, it's got the classic holes. They also had some volcano course and and, and another jungle course, but we went with the classic. And uh, I went out there to practice for a while and met some of the local players who play on that course in a league regularly, and they gave me their tips um, and really coached me through. You know, we, we talked about the different holes that I could go for the A shot and the other holes where I might not want to go for the A shot because if I missed, it was going to take too much time up. Um, so there was a lot of strategy discussed uh, in advance before I before I actually showed up for the for the real attempt. And what was awesome was a fellow AMA member, Brent Whirling, was one of those people in Indiana. Yep. Did was Frank? Is that a home course to also Frank Bassetti? Yes, I believe so. I didn't, I didn't meet Frank. I did meet, I did meet Brent and Brent was yes. One of the two guys over there along with uh, Trent Hatfield 
who were uh, instrumental in acclimating me and, and gave up a weekend of their time basically for a complete stranger uh, who wanted to come and do this ridiculous thing. And um, I mean, Brent doesn't, Brent lives like an hour from the course and yet he did a shift on uh, Saturday with me, hung out and, and, and backed up my volunteers for another four hours and drove home, drove back in the morning to be there for the final four hours from seven to 11 a.m. on Sunday. Um, and so he was, that was incredible. Trent stayed there the entire time and stayed awake wow. the entire time. Um, so, and, and like, again, I, I didn't know them. They, they could not have been friendlier and they could not have been more helpful. They really just seemed like they wanted to be a part of history being made at their course. Cause that's their home course. Um, yeah. so they were, they were coaching me and they were as big a part of the success, um, the eventual success as anybody was. Yeah, great guys. I've gotten to know both of them through the putting penguin over the years, met them at the Masters, and we've gotten to know Brent a little bit more, but Trent was always a big fan. And yeah, I think Frank was probably out gallivanting to all his international <laughs> tournaments at the time. Actually, I think he was. He was at the World Crazies. Or, or get it. Was he in Sweden? He was something like that. Oh, yeah, that, he but, was somewhere over there doing but something. I, but if I remember correct, we had Frank Bassesi, who's from Indiana and has been doing a lot of like live streaming. Mini golf and is also a member of Team USA that's at Wagam right now, but I believe that Brent also got Frank into mini golf as well yep. mm. via their shared love of Street Fighter because they played that competitively. I don't know if it's Street Fighter. It's got to be Street Fighter it was too. Street Fighter too. And he's just like Brent had mentioned that you know he does this putt putt thing, and Frank told us his whole story about how he got into it, and so. Brent Whirling of Indiana, center of mini golf universe. I mean, we saw him out there practicing every day at the Masters this year. He was, I think he played pretty well. I think he finished pretty well. He definitely placed. And yeah, it's really, really cool to see. Didn't he also play in the Mount Atlanticus tournament, I believe, too? Yeah, he did. So yeah, it, it, there are some mini golf fanatics out there. And if you are a fan of mini golf, Put yourself out there. There's some really great people, and they just are happy to play with others. It's frankly how we all met. We got out in Holy Moly. We all met. We're like, there's other people like us that might want to go out and play mini golf for like seven <laughs> hours in a day. It's like, yeah. Or your friends probably don't. My wife probably doesn't either for that matter. Did you mention, or we talked about it, but how many holes? Maybe if, oh, yeah. if you, how many holes in 24 hours? 4,941. The, uh, the previous record had been 4,729. So that comes out to exactly 275 and one half rounds. Dude, you got to do the, how, like the best stat is how many is that person? How many, uh, how many seconds did it take for each hole on average did, by doing that? It was like 16 seconds and change per hole. <laughs> yeah. So a round of mini golf just takes 16 seconds times 18 However you've ever played mini golf, you've definitely <laughs> never played that fast. I know that the previous record, the guy who had the previous record, um, David Pfefferly, he averaged five minutes, 28 seconds per round for 24 hours. So I went in trying to average five minutes per round doing 12 rounds an hour. And we maintained that for about the first 20 hours. Um, I started to slow down a little bit in the last four when I knew that I had a cushion built up. And I was already kind of dying, um, but my, you know, blisters all over my feet. And uh, there would have been blisters all over my hands if I hadn't been wearing golf gloves too. 
Um, so it was, uh, that was, that was the goal. And all, again, only on a putt-putt course could I, could I have managed it. So 4,941 holes and there were, um, let me see here. There were 1,091 aces. Pretty good ratio. And you got what you, you ended up with a round of like 28 or even lower. Did you get a really I had two rounds of 27 and one of them had, <laughs> one of them had two threes in it. Wow. <laughs> so that had 11 aces in that round, um, wow. putting six straight on, on the second through seventh holes. Um, and I, that's better than I expected. Like I, I, I went into it saying I, I, I will probably break 30 at least once tonight, right? Just because it's gonna, if I'm playing 280 times, it's gonna happen. Um, but I didn't expect to break 30 as often as I did and uh, to do it kind of more often as the night went on. Um, uh, you know, the, the big question people had a lot was did, you know, which one out over the course of the attempt, did fatigue start to bring you down or did familiarity with the course keep your scores low? And they really kind of, uh butted heads and evened each other out i mean there was there were those things going on but there was also the changing course conditions with changing temperatures uh and adjusting to the different lines that need to be played at different times of the day uh, which i didn't really never really had thought about before um but had to in this situation um so it was uh for considering that i wasn't really taking time to line up the shots the way you would play if you were playing competitively to get a couple of 27s was pretty awesome yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I'd say so. So if you want to share space and watch a world record holder in action, you can come by the MC Mini Masters. Maybe in the future, you can register for it. Either way, you can register to become an AMA member, and we'll be sure to tell you the results of the tournament. But I think that's it for Mick. Thank you for coming on. This is always a pleasure, and I can't wait to play in the tournament in a couple weeks. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to see you and Robin and uh, Pat sometime in the future, hopefully. One of these days, one of these days, I will get out there. Now it's time for Big Thoughts Mini Golf. A lot of our big thoughts tend to come back to the idea of making sure you have fun while playing mini golf. And tonight's guest, Mick, reiterated that when talking about the wacky hole they put together in each of the rounds of the MC Mini Masters. For a lot of us who play a lot of mini golf, things can sometimes get repetitive, and being reminded that there's a lot of fun ways to engage with mini golf is sometimes there. So next time you're on the course, why not just pick a hole, play it reverse-handed, with your eyes closed, or even use your putter the opposite way. Who knows? You may surprise yourself with how talented you are. And with that, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, putt one ready.